Hello, and welcome to Real-Time Strategy, a gaming podcast from PR Pros. I'm Caitlin Redwing, joined by my co-host, Sam Mosier. Uh, Sam, welcome welcome to the show once more, another <laughs> week. It is, it is a great week for us. Um, I feel like as my jacket shows and the Kansas City red that you are wearing, we had a great football Sunday. Got oh, it there on. It is. Got-, Got it on. <laughs> uh, our football team won the Super Bowl. Taylor was, Swift won the Super Bowl. Actually, I that correction. The head the head writers orchestrated Taylor Swift winning the Super yes. Bowl, as it the conspiracy was, theories will lead you to believe. It was a fantastic season finale for the NFL. Um, <laughs> would have been better if it was the Lions and Chiefs first game of the year versus last game of the year. But you know, there, there was a writer's strike going on. Uh, they did the best <laughs> that they could, uh, and they. They made the most of it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're right, though. Like, it is good screenwriting etiquette that's very trendy in prestige TV these days. You open right. with, like, a flash forward, and then in the finale, yeah. you know, how did we get here? If only I would have loved a Lions Chief rematch, but that was a that was a hell of a game on Sunday. Um, oh, <laughs> our watch party was about 10 or so people, and you could hear every collective gasp, sigh, held breath for... I mean, frankly, probably the last three quarters and halftime. I mean, overtime. Uh, <laughs> have you? We were breathing and sighing for other reasons during halftime. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that meme that was like made before this Sunday's game about like what it's like to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan watching a game? And it's like, <laughs> oh, great football. And then it's like the whole middle part is like, this is the worst like two hours of my life or whatever. I'm going to throw up and vomit this team sucks and then at the very end it's like oh great we won <laughs> that meme goes around in our, our group chat every game especially every super bowl it is truly up until the very end uh there was a moment where i was like oh i don't have to worry about the parade on wednesday that that's a, a like a a plus side and then we win i'm like okay okay i don't mind worrying about how to get around on wednesday oh yeah no uh, my mom, I I talked to her yesterday and she was debating driving down to Kansas City from Michigan for the parade tomorrow. Um, I should text her and see if she's actually going to do that. She is crazy enough that she would. Uh, <laughs> if I was in Michigan, I probably would drive down because <laughs> it's a parade on Valentine's Day. And again, Taylor Swift's foot, like Super Bowl. I'm, people are going to think I'm being serious. I'm not being serious. Um, but like... <laughs> It just doesn't get better than this, you know? Beyonce released new music on Sunday. Just like, what a great week for us. Yeah. Um, just, it's just, really, just what, you and what me. a time to be alive. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> but I still feel like I'm going to throw up. The nerves from watching that game have not passed yet. Uh, thank you, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, for once again adding 10 years to my, <laughs> under my life. Or taking away 10 years. I feel like I aged 10 years in the span of three hours on Sunday. That's how the Chiefs stay so good is they sap all of the life power from all of their fans (laughs) being on the edge of their seats watching the games. Is it worth it? Um, Debatable. (laughs) We'll see. If they get three years in a row, uh, you know, ask me in 2025. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> we'll see uh, how long this dynasty reigns. Um, I have a feeling people are now thinking of us like the Patriots. Um, stop that. 
I have bad news. <laughs> they, I know many people already were thinking about us that way. So <laughs> it's even worse now that we've won two in a row. But oh god, at least we're not. What the you gonna do about it? Know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this. Well, I was gonna say this is a video game podcast, but actually, um, our first topic of the week is still Super Bowl related, and I would love to know. Like, there are some. I don't want to say great Super Bowl ads. There were Super Bowl ads on Sunday. Um, but yeah, what were what were some of your favorites from from Sunday? Outside of, I mean, of course, uh, as the we don't just host real time strategy, we host real real R E E L real time strategy. Yeah. Uh, so of course, like I love the and that's a that's our movie segment. I, I I always get a kick out of the trailers, although because uh, Super Bowl spots are so increasingly expensive, Sunday's broadcast was the most watched telecast in U.S. history. Uh, since yeah, the moon uh, there's landing. a reason that like you don't get a full 60 to 90 second trailer. I don't know if we ever did, but especially not now. So it was always a huge tease for like, oh, this movie I'm interested in. I'll go online to watch the full thing. Um, so outside of getting looks at what we now know as Deadpool and Wolverine and, and the new Plane of the Apes movie and a couple others, commercial wise, I did get a kick out of seeing Beyonce uh, and my my boy uh, from from Veep in Arrested Development. I'll have to look up the actor's name. It's slipping my mind at the moment. Michael Sarah. Um, oh, oh wait, no, was he? No, in he's that not commercial. In Veep. Wait, he no, wait, he's in Arrested Development. He, yeah, you said Arrested he did have a Sarah V. Sarah V. Commercial. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, no, I know I mean, who you're talking about. He he always holds the a bag for some powerful yeah. lady <laughs> and whatever he's in. Yes. Yeah. We were watching yeah. it right now. <laughs> he's uh for those who watch VPs, Julie Louise Dreyfus's like assistant. And it's it's funny seeing him cast as Beyonce's assistant here. I almost tweeted mid-game. I was Hale. like, I would watch a show. Thank you. Yeah. I would just Tony watch a Hale. show about these two. <laughs> oh yeah. This was hilarious. I I need them. Like a show, I want the I am Slayonce Twitch channel. <laughs> I need like Beyonce and Tony Hales, like her producer in the background, like telling her how to play a video game or vice versa. <laughs> Maybe she's actually his coach. Like, let's do like a fun little twist. Anyways, I Beyonce won Sunday. Like yeah, Verizon. It- they did they did the damn thing they did the thing i mean it was funny like two sundays in a row like the queens of of music taylor swift like dominating the grammys with the album announcement and then like beyonce found a way to hijack the super bowl without even performing this year Um, this was this was football no not football this was music's e3 Yes, this it was, was our E three week. Also, you know, like their teams had to have talked to one another, and Beyonce being like, "I'm going to announce my album." Taylor's like, "I'm going to announce my album." And they had to figure out who was going to announce at what because they're like, "We're both going to be at the Grammys, and we're both going to be at the Super Bowl." So, who's who's doing what? I just I know they've got that group chat going. Oh yeah, for sure. And then look out for next year for the Tortured Poets Department tour and uh, the Act Two tour as. Beyonce is at least Ugh. penning the album. And then 2025 fall, we'll get the Tortured po- to- Poets Department, the movie, and Act 2, the movie. Act, act 2, the movie. And then there will be Act 3, and Taylor yep. Swift will take over the world. Um, They're in lockstep. And, 
Yeah, I I am penning Act Two is going to be Rodeo. Like we get Renaissance and Rodeo, and I like the that. third one will be her rock album. Give me Ooh, the like, okay. I got some I got some theories cooking. I like it, Caitlin. What was your uh, favorite commercial from Sunday night? Um, going back to like the movie stuff, I honestly think the best trailer we got was the Planet of the Kingdom. Oh my gosh. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. (laughs) It is a mouthful. Westfall, please just save save my breath. Um, I I think that movie looks amazing. I'm and I'm a sucker for a Planet of the Apes movie, so it's not hard for that trailer to like impress me, but it looked good. We get like um what is it? Young, uh, young Caesar. Is it Caesar? Cause we're going back. It's like, so to my understanding, it takes place a hundred years after the last one. So I believe this is Caesar's okay. kid, grandkid. Oh, kid. That's, that's what it is. It's many years after Caesar. Okay. Thank you. I, once again, I'm like, I'm trying to go into it without knowing too much and just to be like excited, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Freya, uh, Alan, she looks great in it. Oh, I am out of focus. I apologize to people watching. We'll try and see if there we back. go. Um, she's also like who I think would make a really good live action Zelda, and West Ball is also directing that. So yes, got, like, great context for I've our got, gamers out there. Yeah, for our gamers out there, I've got a. I could tie it back sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that was the best trailer. I mean, I liked seeing the Deadpool. Um, still, I'm feeling iffy on a lot of that. Oh, yeah. We're seeing some some clips from that trailer right now. That just looks beautiful. I just want to live in that world, but also not really because that's terrifying. But I'm excited. Um, Deadpool looks like Deadpool. We saw a glimpse of the TVA. Uh, I am burnt out from Marvel stuff, so I apologize for not being super excited about it anything marvel related but what did you what did you think about deadpool it's so interesting that you know coming off of the relative box office failures of marvel slate and just kind of the superhero slate last year it's it's not just marvel it's the whole subgenre of of movies um audiences are kind of getting sick of and it's so interesting going into this year what the slate is it's like three sony spider-man spinoffs madam web is is, reviews are dropping (laughs) as of the time you're listening to this uh joker 2 which is a whole nother conversation and the only mcu movie we're getting this year is deadpool which you know flashback 2016 so eight years ago um deadpool was kind of its own like not it was like a solvent or like a kind of alternative of like even then the kind of like you know you have your other marvel superhero dc things like here's something wildly different and uh borderline like you know boundary pushing at least in terms of superhero blockbusters so it's now interesting eight years later for it to again be a kind of like oasis in a, a desert people being you know experiencing superhero fatigue but it actually having a lot writing on it because it is um, not only just the only MCU movie this year, but it seems to be kind of pivotal to their future narrative plans in terms of combining the Fox universe, setting up secret wars. So I don't think a Deadpool movie should have a lot writing on it. Part of the fun is it being very low stakes, but 
Hey, mm-hmm. some of the jokes got me. I think Ryan Reynolds, while his shtick can get tiresome and almost everything else, I think he is perfect as Deadpool. And hell, I'm excited to see Hugh Jackman back. Yeah, that's... I, I love the the meme of like uh, Ryan Reynolds is will milk his best friend for as much money as he can. <laughs> so like, and Hugh Jackman is just happy to do it. Um, yeah, I I'm excited for Wolverine. I really am excited for the Wolverine game, to be honest. And yeah, I'll I'll be seated for Deadpool. Some of the jokes got me. Um, I think I was more just the TVA stuff makes me a little weary that this is not going to feel like part of the Deadpool, I don't even want to say Deadpool universe, but just like you said, it kind of existed outside of everything. And I liked that. Like it just was, I could go in and I didn't have to have all this like extra outside context. Um, Do you have to see Loki season one and season two and Miss Marvel or everything else that has to do with the TVA before seeing this? Or are they just going to continue to re-explain the same things over and over again for new audiences? Both of those answers are exhausting and boring. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Love Matthew McFadyen, though. Like, just he kills it. I That was a pleasant surprise. Tom <laughs> he, he was a pleasant surprise. Uh, get that Marvel bag. Um, <laughs> not, that, not that you probably need it after succession, but I am here for it. <laughs> Well, I mean, do we want to take this Marvel Deadpool train into our our next topic? Because there was some huge Fortnite news next week, uh, or uh, last uh, tail end of last week. Sorry, I can't see into the future. I'm not Madam (laughs) Web. (laughs) Um. Oh God, that is that is a movie. Nothing. Okay, I know we're. I'm going to stop your transition, even though it's perfect. Please. Nothing gives me more pleasure than Dakota. Uh, is Dakota Johnson? Yeah. Does Johnson sound wrong? Okay. Dakota Johnson's like disdain for this movie and every interview she's in just being like giving the most like, I have no idea what happened with this movie. I don't care about it. It's probably garbage. Don't blame me. I had nothing to do with it. I love it. Good for her. That's, Use that nepotism for good, Dakota. (laughs) I, you know, as PR people am fascinated by like, what, if any media training she had for, for the, you know, press rollout. Well, she dropped her last agent. So my guess is like, she's, this is all genuine all off the cuff. She's (laughs) like, I'm mad that I got booked for this. (laughs) (laughs) she probably was like i have the power i had the power to take down ellen um no one can stop me from what i'm going to do next that's true that's the power of madam web (laughs) that that is the power of madam web and nepotism (laughs) um also super bowl okay i'm going back to super bowl ads i just have like one other thing loved the dunkin donuts oh yes uh ben affleck uh j-lo tom brady like um what ben affleck's best friend that i met damon (laughs) i kept wanting to say matt murdoch and i was like my brain is betraying (laughs) me right now (laughs) got marvel on the brain brain. yeah yeah this commercial was hilarious and i think one of the few that like took some like celebrities and used them in a way that made sense like ben affleck dunkin donuts 
Boston. Like nothing goes better together than those three. Um, I love this arc of Tom Brady. Like you think you you wouldn't get him in the Super Bowl, and it's like psych. He is <laughs> now a DJ and having fun. Um, I just I really liked this. I thought it was it was funny, creative. They had some like behind the scenes stuff that they've been posting on their Instagrams and like other social media where Duncan set up this like a a dunk cardboard like uh, donut cut out and we're having the actors like try to throw a football in the, in the hole and with like Tom Brady who obviously was <laughs> perfect at it um that was really funny so it was good to see like behind the scenes stuff i just i think they pulled it off and i really enjoyed that um another shout out that i think was like really bold was illuminations which i actually didn't see this during the super bowl and i was trying to find out if it actually did air during the show and it it said the big game ad but illumination released the despicable me four uh meme where they're the minions and they were making fun of ai generated <laughs> art uh for those watching you can see some of the art which is just ridiculous um but i just i loved seeing the an animation studio really kind of like lean into just how ridiculous some of the AI stuff is. And I know last year, um, I believe oh, I should pull it up, but they also like stated that AI was not going to like take over jobs that they were res- going to continue working with actual artists to create their movies. Um, so I just, I really liked, liked that. I thought it was bold. I saw it after the show, but did you did you see that during the show by chance? No, and it's an interesting uh, illumination. Kind of did something similar last year with the the Mario movie of like, I mean, if you release a thing on Sunday and you're promoting it on social media, even if it didn't air on TV, you can call it the big game spot. <laughs> like, yeah, there's so there's so like the, the whole broadcast i mean especially with overtime is like four plus hours long so who's gonna fact check you or be too mad of like oh man it didn't actually air between the hours of 5 30 to 9 30 central uh, yeah it still so, ended up in the super bowl commercial roundups which is what uh how i saw it yeah exactly so from a pr perspective it definitely worked and yeah i think it was a really clever I mean, it felt in on brand for Despicable Me of like, you know, it's goofy. It's a little tongue in cheek The you know, <laughs> it's a little scary I'm looking at these AI images. Uh, but it also is like kind of trend jacking the whole AI conversation. And while, you know, taking a stance on it uh, in a, yeah. again, like kid friendly, goofy way. Um so yeah, good shout there. And 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 on the Duncan ad, I mean, I agree with you. Same thing, like breaking down what worked about it. Uh, having celebrities that made sense. There was a lot of like just kind of fatigue of being like, oh, I, I know this face. I like this person, but I don't really know why they're in this commercial or what their association to this yeah. brand is. But getting my Boston boys repping Duncan uh, <laughs> Donuts makes total sense to me. Yeah, I, I will take Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in anything i yeah <laughs> they're making movies together uh i enjoyed air last year Same. i enjoyed this commercial but they should have a twitch channel verizon <laughs> call them up uh do do a part two good goodwill streaming <laughs> good 
<laughs> I that should not have been that funny. <laughs> good will streaming. That's good. Well, okay, on to some of our topics. Uh this week we're gonna talk about I should have said this beginning of the podcast, so you know why are you even here other than to hear us talk about football and movies and celebrities? Maybe that is why you listen to us. And if so, you're getting plenty of that. Um, <laughs> but today we're going to talk about Disney's Fortnite deal, Xbox's potential multi-platform future, and more. Um, but yeah, going to kind of dive into the Disney epic of it all. So last week, Bob Iger announced that Disney would be investing $1.5 billion, that is with a B, into Fortnite developer Epic Games in exchange for a small equity stake in the company and the promise of building out digital worlds based on the company's intellectual property. Um, there's a, a lot of words, but basically this is a huge sign that like Disney is committed to video games um which may come as a surprise after i think in 2016 disney shut down disney interactive studio division which was uh basically in charge of developing their own video games and putting their ips in in those games which many know did not work out so well um but this is a a turn turning of the page for disney i know i think when bob Iger retook over a CEO for his second uh, second run a couple of years ago, he had said in maybe it was just an internal, I can't remember if it was internal or like earnings that Disney was going to be committed to games again. Uh, but we hadn't, hadn't heard about anything until, until now. Um, yeah. I, Sam, what are your initial thoughts? I, this, to me, this is like, the most metaverse thing that could have happened. Um, if anybody is going to make a metaverse, it makes sense that it is Disney with Epic, but I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about, I mean, Fortnite keeps the hits on coming. Just two months ago, we talked about the big bang event uh, on this show where to our, to our own amusement. Yeah. Like, uh, Peter Griffin from Family Guy was involved, but more importantly, there was a massive Lego mode um, that took over Twitch for basically the remainder of the year, um, as well as a new racing mode from the Fort uh, from the Rocket uh, Rocket League developer Psionics, as well as a new rhythm game Fortnite Festival from the Rock Band developers Harmonix, and you know, I. I you know, some of those are still around. They're, they're, I mean, they're all still around and they're still getting like tens to a hundred thousands of players concurrently. So I would deem them as successes. And when I assume when the next Fortnite season rolls around in March, there can be new songs added to festival, you know, new, you know, the skins are in sync with Lego Fortnite. So if you have, you know, I assume solid snake uh, in the new pack for uh, Fortnite. You can then hop in as a Lego solid snake, which is pretty cool. So all this goes to say like the, the, the metaverse conversation, I think Epic is walking the walk. Like there's a lot of, you know, metaverse was a hot topic that we even talked about in the show over a year and a half ago now, but you don't need to like look to the future about what that might be. We're seeing it right now in Fortnite. And this is just the next building block, no Lego pun intended, uh, with this Disney $1.5 billion investment. Uh, because, you know, when we when we think about the metaverse and, you know, pop culture portrayals of it, 
it's these you know a bunch of these universes and characters and brands colliding and and what company controls the most amount of entertainment brands and ip right now it's it's disney especially after the fox acquisition so as the trailer we've been showing highlights star wars marvel avatar pixar disney animated things espn you can see in the key art for the whatever this might turn into like it Mm -hmm. makes total sense for disney because the audience overlap is there there's you know it's a lot of young people in Fortnite. um you know from you know 30 somethings down to you know kids like and and above and below that like um hopping into this game so this is a great way for disney's properties to reach new people and for fortnite it's just a huge injection of a yes cash uh, but b also making sure that they always have something some cool new reason for people to hop in i assume probably 2026 whatever disney's next big movie is you can bet your ass that there's going to be some sort of brand collab in Fortnite, whether it's an in-game event or watching the new trailer live like Tenet did a couple years ago. The possibilities, like, I, I really don't mean to like be trite, but like the possibilities do seem endless. Yeah, I think what was interesting um, to me, because I, if I had heard that Disney was investing 1, 1.5, 1.3, 1.5 billion, into epic i would really have just been like oh yeah it's just like for the games aspect like building universes within fortnite mm-hmm. um but what was interesting about like the trailer the teaser video that they showed was it wasn't just games it's it, they were like play create shop watch um there is that kind of image that looked this it's on the screen right now for those watching that looks like a Disney parks map where you have all these different sections. And like you said, there's ESPN, uh, Hulu, Lucas films over Disney plus on one side, there's the actual Disney parks and another, the cruise lines. And then in the distance, you kind of see these other worlds like star Wars avatar. Um, I, I think there might've been some others. I, I just, I can really see this being a lot more massive and all-encompassing of entertainment than just Fortnite game modes. Um, and I think I, if, if Disney's going to do this with anybody, Epic is the best like poised to make this succeed with how Fortnite has grown already, how successful the Lego collaboration has been. Um, the Lego mode is very, very different from Fortnite in general. Um, I know a ton of people just personally who have been playing the Lego mode, who never, never played Fortnite or have no interest in playing Fortnite. But now every single day they log into Fortnite to play this mode Um, with like, I don't know. Do we, do you see a collaboration with, with Apple, a, with the vision pro and like you could jump into Fortnite one day, like on with your VR or, spatial computing headset sorry not vr headset um (laughs) and you're watching like a football game on espn and you're also like in some star wars game world in fortnite on the other 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 screen but all within the fortnite like ecosystem it is 
I don't know, I worrisome, I guess, when you start to think of like monopolies and who's controlling what. Um, I feel like we have already kind of passed that point with how much like Disney already owns. Um, I hope Disney doesn't end up acquiring Epic and instead just continues like investing money for a stake because they, I don't think it's a good thing for them to control everything. Um, they also do not have a good history with developing video games. Um, and instead, I just, if they're going to license their IPs out, I think that is for the best. And they're doing it in a way that is going to make them a ton of money. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking here. Um, this was, I'm reading from NPR in 2022. Wow, it's hard to believe that's two years ago. Um, that... Uh, Kirk Kirkby, um, which I'm now I never knew what the company that owns the Lego group is called. It's Kirkby. You all learned something today. Um, they invested at the time a uh, billion dollars into Epic. Um, so and at that same time, Sony group did as well. I imagine that was probably music related, but who knows? Maybe it has to do with something PlayStation related we haven't even seen yet. Um, so you know, just for perspective, like Disney is still, you know, there is massive companies putting lots of money into Epic. So while this gives them a huge seat at the table, it doesn't put them close to having a controlling stake. And I know Tencent has put in a a bunch of money as well. So I think that's also a useful timetable because, you know, this announcement happened in 2022. And then about 18 um, to 20 months later is when Lego Fortnite happened. So, you know, probably expect fall 2025. us to maybe even just like again just a random shadow drop of a huge disney thing in Fortnite, but like you said with their past game experiences i think that's a um a great shout because why this makes sense for disney is because they've learned how hard it is to make in-house game development work um when they bought lucasfilm LucasArts didn't last much longer after that, much to my and many other gamers, you know, chagrin. Like, I was really looking forward to Star Wars 1313 and whatever else they were cooking up there. I know there's like a Darth Maul spinoff game at one point. Um, And Disney Infinity didn't last too long either after three years. Um, Even though it was successful, it's just like, you know, games are massive investments and they take a lot of resources and dedication and and manpower. And you kind of got to stick it through. Not everything's going to work. And uh, with how big Disney is, I don't think they necessarily have the patience to make something in-house work. Again, see like Epic Mickey, like the the, the number of examples are countless. So what they've, you know, they've done the Marvel and Star Wars games partnerships that have often worked, even if not commercially, at least critically, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man on PlayStation is a huge hit. Um, there's plenty of Star Wars games to look forward to, like Star Wars Outlaws this fall. And so now, like, that makes sense for their, you know, more teenage adult-facing properties. But uh, what do we do with just the, all of Disney as a whole? You you partner with the company that's doing kind of everything at once in gaming, and that's Epic. So uh, makes sense on both fronts, and I think goes to show that Disney is not going to do... so. Like, they're not going to be opening up an in-house studio any soon anytime soon unless they are acquiring something as you said right our uh our editor ryan he just sent us a message that the 1.5 billion investment um 
by Disney equates to it's a nine percent stake in Epic Games. Um, I feel like this is I was trying to find the answer, but I, I couldn't in the time you we were talking. But it kind of reminds me of Disney's first like investment into Hulu and kind of getting their feet wet mm. into like the streaming business before kind of like fully committing um, back in like. Oh, I don't know if it was 2019. I think it was 2019 when Disney ended up investing like 5.8 billion or 8 billion, something like that. And they acquired a 33% stake of Hulu. Um, So like a majority control, I think over anybody else, I could see them that kind of being the road that they are maybe envisioning for Epic is to start with a 9% stake, see how it goes, get their, get their feet wet and then over time just increasing their investments into Epic until basically doing what they did with Hulu. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's that's what they're doing, but that makes more sense than outright acquiring Epic in any way and still staying committed to video games. Yeah, you could, I would not put it past a, a, a deepened relationship and stake in the company. The other, you know, talked a lot about Fortnite here, but of course, Disney has been working with Epic for a long time. Unreal Engine, um, they've used to make Disney Park experiences. I'm reading from um, Disney now that they used it for, they've used it for 15 Disney Parks attractions, including Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon ride. Um, they use it for their movies and TV productions, like in the the making of Lion King, the pseudo live action movie that came out a couple years ago. Um, and so, you know, Bobby I, Bob Iger is, is famous for his relationship building that led to acquisitions of Marvel Lucasfilm Fox during his initial tenure. And, you know, there was largely discussions going around both the street and just Hollywood that what deals, what sort of big relationships and um, collaborations are going to come from this second tenure of him as CEO. And, and here you go. Here's one of the big ones. It's working with one of the biggest names in gaming. So uh, like you said, I don't think this is the last we'll hear of like, you know, this relationship, it could get even deeper, um, especially with film and, and parks and TV development. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to follow it. Like you said, I, I hope Epic maintains its, you know, independency. Uh, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? It's the house of mouse. That's probably not likely. Yeah, but. trying to think if there's anything else, um, Fortnite, Epic, Disney wise, like, you know, I, there's plenty of examples in Fortnite to see what you know the type of things we can get, costumes, Thanos events. Yeah, f- uh, Fortnite section in Disneyland, like who knows yeah. the the, <laughs> the kids would the like opportun- that. Opportunities are endless. Um, one thing I I do wonder how this what this will affect is Roblox. Um, mm. Roblox is a very like a, another competitor to Fortnite, probably the biggest competitor. I I don't know what this means for Roblox in the future. I'm not as familiar with Roblox. I do not play it, uh, but I know. Gosh, it how many millions of users does Roblox have? But I don't know. Does this That's mean an like? Interesting... An, do you think it would be like an acquisition of Roblox? I do. You think maybe there's a possibility for Disney to 
also work with Roblox or other companies to work with Roblox. Uh, yeah, as of this is May of last year, they had over 300 million monthly active users. That's huge. Yeah, the, the leg up that Roblox has on Fortnite, at least to my like outsider um, understanding, I, I don't play a lot of Roblox, but um, their creator uh, ecosystem is very robust. Like Roblox, of course, yeah. um, is creating the tools to allow people to make the games. But what a lot of people are spending time in there are games created by other users. And Fortnite, you know, there is that line that you mentioned um, from this the players, gamers, and fans. I'm now reading from the Disney release um they will be able to create their own stories and experiences express their fandom in a distinctly disney way and share content with each other in ways that they love like that very much reads like you can do that in fortnite now there are, there are fan created modes and stuff but people still don't associate the game with that it, it's the epic or epic curated experiences that people go into that for which is not the case gotcha. with roblox um gotcha. so maybe this is i mean if you can create your own you know, frozen spinoff in uh, Fortnite now, uh, and you play as Elsa going on adventures and stuff. That's a very compelling way to pull kids from Roblox to Fortnite. True. I I also looked up the like um, restricted content, like the age ratings too for Roblox, and as June of last year. Roblox, Roblox announced like they would officially allow 17 plus restricted content on its gaming platform, which is that's very much not in line with Disney and like their content. So perhaps, I don't know, perhaps Roblox like leans into more adult stuff. Um, I don't mean this doesn't that doesn't include like nudity or any sexual content. Um, I think it's probably more just like swearing, maybe violence. Um, just they say more mature content yeah crude humor romantic themes maybe some gambling um yeah realistic blood presence of alcohol like all this stuff that's not allowed on Fortnite, which makes sense like why disney would would partner with epic over roblox for this but yeah i i can see there being a world where roblox continues to thrive and has its own stake and like hold and like i guess i'm gonna say the metaverse mm -hmm. yeah it'll be that's a you know a good way to differentiate the two and i it, i think what you just highlighted is exactly why disney went with epic versus um roblox but it makes me wonder yeah maybe roblox um starts going for more i i don't really associate it with brand collaborations in the way that i do fortnite so Maybe that is something we see more of if, in order for them to compete with uh, the Fortnite of it all. Yeah. Well, we shall see. And I'm sure we'll have uh, many more conversations as more information comes out. Um, my cat is obsessed with this jacket for some reason and wants to like <laughs> bite the buttons. So if I'm like... Your cat just loves when you talk about Fortnite. Fortnite. She does. She loves Fortnite. <laughs> not really i put fortnite on she falls right asleep the only thing that she has an interest in watching is sharks interesting okay <laughs> then yeah, there must be something um, evolutionary there <laughs> she is actually a descendant of great whites i mean look at this face just pinnacle of terror 
That's a killer right there. That is a killer. Okay. You're going back over there. Um, Yeah. Uh, Jaws. She loves. What is the movie (laughs) with Blake Lively where she's stuck on the rock? The Shallows. She was entranced in The Shallows. She sat and watched that entire movie. Um, My Apple TV, if like the screensavers play and it's like uh, fish or sharks, she's all for it. Just sits there and watches it. Strange cat. Birds doesn't care about sharks. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah, biggest love fan. that. We're big sharks people in this house. <laughs> <laughs> um, not talking about sharks, but I think on to our next topic of the week, which is probably top of mind for most people in the gaming industry, and is as of today, like the it'll come out tomorrow. But Phil Spencer. I guess I'll start like over the past few weeks, really the gaming community and industry overall has been very speculative on the future of Xbox. There's been a lot of rumors going around that Microsoft um, will begin publishing Xbox first party games onto other consoles. Um, The company has since come out. I think it was Phil Spencer who first made the statement that they will be sharing more details about and in quotes, the vision for the future of Xbox on the 15th during an official Xbox podcast, which will be airing or dropping at 3 PM Eastern. It'll feature Phil Spencer, Microsoft gaming CEO, Sarah Bond, president of Xbox and Matt Booty, who's head of Xbox game studios. Um, This is, I don't know, interesting to say the least. I it's, in a podcast format. I have some thoughts about maybe why, but Sam, what are are your thoughts on them going through for like a podcast format rather than, I don't know, putting out a press release or an investor like type call? Yeah. I've been trying to, you know, break that down ourselves, like for, for this show. I mean, you know, just peeling the veil behind my like my, my producer hat like bummer you know our show comes out on wednesdays like you know the 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 curse of doing a weekly show is like sometimes you'll it just won't line up so yeah the day after this episode goes live we'll find out exactly what um phil spencer and the crew have to share uh, about the future of xbox so now i think the, you know the value we can talk about here on this podcast is why choose this venue for that and i think a, as you noted, for the last week and a half now, this has been, by and large, all anything and you know that gaming press is talking about, minus maybe Helldivers Two and Suicide Squad. Uh, mm-hmm. It's you know podcasts have broken down the new rumors, new reports every day. Starting like two Sundays ago, there was like Indiana Jones maybe coming to PlayStation consoles. Um, you know a couple, you know, sometime after launch, and then I guess you know even rolling back the clock. Earlier, starting at the top of this year, there was Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves Thieves rumors. And then the Indiana Jones one really sparked this just kind of snowball of like, oh, there are rumors that Starfield is coming to PlayStation. And Jeff Grubb had said on Game S Mornings that he had heard talks of Gears of War coming. And the more games that got thrown into the mix, which again, are all just you know, rumors, speculation, things that have been discussed, like even these journalists are saying, like, these are just what we've heard, like, these are by no means concrete plans. Uh, You know, the only, you know, Tom Warren, who knows Microsoft probably better than most, uh, reporting for The Verge, said that Hi-Fi Rush and Pentiment um, are reportedly the first ones coming to other consoles. 
Uh, but there's just been so much noise around this that when Phil Spencer tweeted just the Monday after, he didn't move quick there because this was all kind of popped off on Sunday the 4th. On um, the 5th, Phil Spencer tweets, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. Maybe even then at the time, I see that, I hear business update event and I think a video, a an earnings call or, you know, phone call, like you said. Right. And the conversation has not stopped since then. And I wonder if part of the logic behind a podcast is they have so much to discuss, so many questions and rumors to squash or at least address that doing an hour long podcast might just be the most efficient way to do that. Did they say it was going to be an hour long? I don't know. I should actually probably, oh, I, okay. I'm admittedly not a regular listener of the official Xbox podcast. So I will look real quickly what a normal episode is, but like I'm expecting it to be like probably 20, 30 minutes at least. Yeah. I I'm expecting at least 30 minutes. Um, I, I'm, I think it's, I think the podcast option again, I'm not a regular listener of the Xbox, um, X, official Xbox podcast to me, I, I don't know how that show usually runs, but it probably doesn't matter. This is kind of, I think, a one-off its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's a much more like low-key setting. It's a great way for Phil and Sarah and Matt to really kind of control that narrative, share really nuanced information. I think the speculation has kind of snowballed this narrative out of control. Um, I not to get all like attack Xbox fanboys, but let the console wars die and have faith. And honestly, the writing has been on the wall for a long time that Microsoft doesn't make any money off of hardware on consoles. Like Xbox doesn't need to to keep exclusives in order to sell their hardware. Um, That has not been their priority for a very long time and they're still doing well and they're making money. I really, they're like some of their strong suits is it's in game pass. It's the Xbox brand getting more Xbox games to more players on other consoles is a good thing. And this isn't a new thing either. This PlayStation has been doing this for their, their exclusives, bringing them to PC about like a year after launch for a while now. And has made them money. Um, Xbox can do the same thing. Hell, they could bring Game Pass to other consoles and they would make money. Um, I, I I think, I don't think the exclusives are necessary. I don't, th- but I also don't think exclusives are going away. Um, I think, don't and underestimate the power of FOMO that if they have an Xbox exclusive like Indiana Jones, even if it was for like six months, but I'm expecting it to probably be a year just on Xbox, people are going to buy an Xbox console just to play that game. And they're going to be invested in the Xbox brand. Uh, A lot of people who have an Xbox or play those games have Game Pass. They have Xbox online. Um, That won't change if... Indiana Jones comes to PlayStation five. Xbox is still making money from people who are buying that game. Um, especially if it's not on game pass and people have to pay $70 for the full price on another console. Microsoft may be making more money that way. Um, 
So I, I don't have as many, cons- I don't really have concerns over these rumors. I think overall it is a positive thing for Xbox overall. Um, I think they have struggled with keeping up with the exclusives because they've been so invested in their like the software and Game Pass and that's okay. Um, I don't think that they need to change that. Uh, let's see. I I also think like with the with the recent ABK acquisition, there is a lot of like a lot of um, opportunity for Game Pass to grow with like bringing those games to Game Pass. Um, also with like maybe we'll get so maybe we'll get more information around around Game Pass, new games that are coming, more like a steady cadence. I think that is really key for Xbox to establish is having a strong rollout of games to Game Pass. Um, Maybe some hardware news if they're going to do like the portable hardware. Maybe, maybe not. Um, And then also like mobile, I think is a huge opportunity for Xbox. And I think now that they have Call of Duty Online, Diablo Immortal, Warcraft Rumble, Candy Crush. Um, I think there could be a big, like, renewed interest and push for Microsoft in that space. Maybe Phil and the team will talk a little bit more about that. Um, though I know there's also some restrictions with how Apple's the App Store and all of all of that. But I don't know. I, I think there's I think there's a lot of opportunity for Microsoft and Xbox moving forward way more than there are like negatives um, or like weaknesses, not to get all into the SWAT analysis of, of Xbox. We're going back to school guys, but I don't know. I, to me, it's, there's way more positives than there are negatives with all of the rumors that are going around. Yeah. I also am not concerned by this. I think it's exciting and it's to a degree necessary. Like Xbox has been, I mean, if you if you really like want to shoot straight, like they've been in third place the entire time they've been making consoles. Like PS3 ended up outselling the 360, although I know a lot of like at least in in North America the perception is 360 won that generation. So even if you count that, like the PS4 vastly outsold the Xbox One, and there was some reporter number crunching going around this week following Take Two's latest earnings call where they were. Uh, throwing around how many next-gen consoles have sold and people subtracted the known number of PS5 consoles sold from that. And the math is roughly PS5s are outselling Xbox Series X and S two to one. So at, at that point, like, you know, Microsoft, I, I like what they're doing. I like Game Pass. I like, you know, what another thing I think is good about this podcast format is I think Phil and Sarah and Matt are they get it like that's even when xbox is in third like they're honest they're open and you feel like they really do listen and keep their finger on the pulse of the community so doing the podcast is probably is another way of showing that mm-hmm. so all that goes to say is is like how do we you know drastically shake up the business i mean like a <laughs> bringing your games to a console that has twice as many users as yours is huge um mm-hmm. And to your point about Game Pass, um, we'll link to this great report from Tom Warren at The Verge um, that was posted kind of in the lead up to tomorrow's podcast. Um, about it, The title is uh, Microsoft Prepares to Take Xbox Everywhere. And he writes how Game Pass subscriber numbers have not stagnated, but not 
grown to the like the you know the the arc or the the angle that Microsoft had projected three years ago. Um, it's looking like somewhere around thirty three million, um, whereas they originally were targeting um, a number much greater than that. I'll, I'll look at that. Yeah, uh, if accurate, that's around. So this is thirty three million subscribers from only twenty five million two years ago. That's around 33% growth in two years. Microsoft had targeted a 73% growth rate. So if Game Pass is not growing the way you need it to, how do we get sales elsewhere? It's by putting it in a bunch of new places. And like you said, with if Game Pass, which I, I don't think is going to come to PlayStation or Nintendo, I, I don't think those services will allow it on them because it will compete with their own subscription services. But then the advertisement for Xbox can continue to be, are you sick of paying $70 for Indiana Jones? Come pay 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month for Game Pass and you know play it on your PC or your phone or, or get an Xbox console. That can be a, a sales pitch of its own. Yeah, definitely. And I forgot to mention it, Shannon Liao on her Substack, uh, she, she also noted that last, I think it was last Tuesday, uh, Phil Spencer held a town hall and did tell all of their internal internal employees that Xbox has no plans to stop making consoles. Um, so the he will probably readdress that in the podcast. But I think we've I think those concerns have already been laid to rest by Phil as well. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't realistically see Game Pass coming to other consoles. I think that's more of like if PlayStation decides to focus their put their focus on exclusives and their first party games, because I don't think, what is it? PlayStation plus I, is it PlayStation plus? And now I can't even remember, but like, well, it, it that's all a confusing thing in and of itself. Yeah. It's like PlayStation plus, but then it's like plus extra premium are the three yeah. different tiers. It's messy. Yeah, it's, it's it's messy. I don't think they get a lot of traction through that. Um, and so, I don't know. I think if Xbox just continues to really build their own ecosystem and establish, establish brand loyalty that way, they're going to be fine. Um, again, they, have, they don't make money off hardware, and I don't think they have for some time. And that's okay. Not, we don't need to, they don't need to compete in that space. There, there are way... There are more options and opportunities for them in other areas that we've talked about. Yeah. And I mean, th there have been, uh, you know, Phil Spencer has been liking tweets about an Xbox handheld. Like, that's a whole nother ball of wax. I mean, the, the Switch is immensely popular. The Steam Deck has proven uh, to fit a need of people wanting to, like, take their existing libraries and software on the go. So, like... Yeah. I'm I'm curious if kind of in the background Microsoft has th this is totally me uh, fan theorizing what I would love to see this be as someone who's never owned an Xbox console so I wouldn't actually get anything out of this but they have um their backwards compatibility tech that is very impressive and I wish you know PlayStation adopted as well the um oh uh, smart delivery uh if you put a 360 or an Xbox one disc into your series X it's going to play the best possible version of that um using its tech to you know make the frame rate and resolution as best as possible if this kind of you know 
smart delivery can be applied to a handheld, allowing your digital purchase from the 360 a decade ago to now play that game on said handheld. And you can also play your Game Pass games on it, or at least a selection of Game Pass games on it. Like that's another way for, as you said, Xbox to continue to grow the brand and make the ultimate overarching message here, no matter where the games are released, being like, we curate the best library of games um which is a compelling argument in the increasing era of game subscription services yeah that that's a very good point i totally forgot about the smart delivery which is a much easier process than playstation's uh current (laughs) where you may accidentally play the ps4 version of your game on a ps5 do you you, you know how many times i have done that or i'm sitting there and i'm like double guessing which version i have and i'm trying to figure it out and i can't find it i hate the ps5 menu system and navigation it is infinitely worse than the ps4 um sony please for the love of god what are you doing change it (laughs) it should not take me Let's let's see. One, two, three, four, like nine clicks or so just to turn the PS5 off. Whereas the PS4, it could just like hold the button a certain way and I could do it. Or it was like I or like two buttons. I used to be able to do it, not even have the TV screen on. I can't do that with the PS5 because everything is hidden within a menu, within a menu. Um I the short tangent. Just really <laughs> the user usability of the PS5 is awful and that goes with choosing which version of a game you're playing like if i have a ps5 and there's a ps5 version of a game don't even give me the option for the ps4 version why is that even doesn't make sense even there why does sometimes it default to a ps4 version (laughs) make it make sense it doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah again like xbox Xbox has for making it easy something figured out yeah 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 they do that's that is one of their strong suits and i think they will continue to refine that and yeah i would love a i would say i'm gonna say i would love a handheld but there's so many consoles i have a steam deck that i don't use enough same Uh, a guilty admit admittance of mine i i yeah i think it's smart again at least at the very you know tap into folks who have an xbox library or want a you know they don't want to slap a backbone on their phone but they do want to bring game pass on the go um they've also you know with the series s which to my understanding is outselling the series x cornered a bit of a market on do you want somewhere where you can play next generation games on hardware that is not as powerful but it is the cheapest option on the market certainly a lot cheaper than like building a pc or getting a playstation 5 um, so if that's another way I see if even it's like, oh, you know, you don't buy an Xbox console for the exclusives, you just buy it because it's the cheapest way to play any new game coming out. Like that's another, you know, way to convince people to buy, especially in this as we barrel toward an all digital future, like, you know, save save your money and buy the console that, you know, if you don't need a disk drive. Although, right. you know me, my with my Blu-rays, I will always be buying something with a disk drive. <laughs> Always same. <laughs> Buy physical media. Um, do not let the David Zaslavs of the world stop you from being able to enjoy the media that you want to watch. Um, sorry, salty shout out there, but it needs, <laughs> it needs to be said. 
buy buy the movies and the TV shows that you enjoy because you may not be able to stream them one day. And that sucks. And it's really sad. And yeah. buy buy physical games too. I I know I've said like it it's not the same and because games can't fit on a disc anymore, but maybe things maybe things will change. But Yeah. I, that was the and it, this is total like doom saying worst case scenario, but the the reaction from all of this Xbox hubbub that in like on one hand was warranted if it came true, but two, like we don't know it's so far away from now is like, oh, is this a the earliest signal that Xbox is leaving the hardware business? Is this library I've built uh, of my games over the last you know twenty years digitally uh, gone? Like if, if I can't buy the next hardware, uh, if that were to be true, yeah, that's a bummer, but, um, it's a more that I don't mean to be dismissive. That's like huge, but I, I think that's very, very like worst case scenario. And like you said, with the, the all company call, like they're not leaving hardware anytime soon. Um, so anyway, yeah, you know, I love physical media. <laughs> big physical media fans is why my background is a bunch of books even though they're not my actual books those are on a different wall <laughs> but it looks like this <laughs> um wow yeah how how long have we been rolling sam i know we have another like topic but we've been I going think... uh, for looking at my starting time we've been going for an hour and i think we covered the two biggest gaming news stories of the week um my my last thing I'll say about Xbox is, you know, excellent. You know, I, I was thinking the same thing about like, why is everybody so mad about this when PlayStation's releasing their games on PC like six to 12 months later? And how you see that work is it gives all these games a little second, you know, huge breath of life. You know, God of yeah. War Ragnarok or that one hasn't come to PC yet. But God of War 2018 is all of a sudden the best, you know, the highest trending game on Twitch. Um you know, enter, you know, Spider-Man or Horizon. Like you can yeah. see when Indiana Jones comes to PlayStation six to 12 months after release, like, yeah, that's going to have a, a, another huge pop and also probably get even Xbox players who passed on it to be like, oh, maybe I should, you know, check that out now. Uh, second bite of the apple and all that. Yeah. Again, let the console wars die. Grow up. You're not 12 years old. More people being able to play the games that you enjoy are is a good thing. Like we don't need to all be siloed and walled off, and it just just let it go. <laughs> games are expensive. I don't know if people know that. Like they take a lot of money to make, and so if there's we a way are. for these, yeah, there's a way for these game companies to make more money on said games. They're probably going to take it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I just. It's not a personal attack against you. Um, I know I know a lot of it comes from love and people are concerned that it's going to be a bad thing for Xbox and somehow this is going to be the end of the company as they know it, but it's not. Xbox mm -hmm. is... I think Xbox is going to be fine. Um, and yeah, it's just, just more people will be able to now enjoy their games. And that is a good Yeah, game. I think that's a huge win. Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's it. I, I'm, I'm going to table that other topic just cause 
then we'll be talking forever and I'm <laughs> I'm tired. I need I need to keep drinking this water, mate. <laughs> For those who are curious, we were gonna touch on the Final Fantasy Seven rebirth and other Final Fantasy related things around it, but hey, that game's gonna be in the zeitgeist in about two weeks from now, so who knows? Maybe we'll talk about it then. <laughs> Which means I have two weeks to finally play Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I haven't done it yet. So How far are you into it? Have you even touched it? No. <laughs> the menu? <laughs> That's a long game. I've been playing that game for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I'm going to make it. But if people want to like go yell at me and light the fire under my ass, I will welcome it because I am easily peer pressured into doing things. So <laughs> maybe that's what I need because... Me trying to pressure myself is not working. Um, I haven't been playing any games. Actually, I do want to talk about... Let's just do like a little real-time strategy segment. Because Throw it in there. I watched, I watched a great movie last night that I'm going to pull up because I can't remember the director's name. I watched Society of the Snow last Ooh. night. Uh, Sam, did you see this? No, it's it's. there's like three movies from last year that are like on my Oscars homework list. I know this was nominated for Best International Feature. <sighs> Uh, and you oh gave it five stars. God. I gave it five stars. I bawled like a baby at the end. I was like hyperventilating, um, was not expecting to give it five stars. It is a J.A. Bayon- Bayona? Bayona? I can't, I don't know how to say his last name, uh, which he made, he directed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and A Monster Calls and the first two <laughs> episodes of The Rings of Power. So really wasn't expecting this movie to hit me the way it did um it is a true story it on october i'll give the little brief overview uh, october 13th 1972 um a a a flight from uruguay charted to take a rugby team to chile crashes into a glacier in the heart of the andes mountains when i think there was like this story has been told a few times i think one of them was with ethan hawk as well but none of the other like movies had approval from the actual victims um, or I'm going to say survivors. I think that is a fair small spoiler because this is a true story and has been told multiple times. But there are some survivors. I won't say how many days they were stranded, but it is a long time. And I, this this movie is a horror movie. I was not expecting that, but like I have never felt such intense like fear. And there were multiple times where I gasped. It is the most I think traumatic and real looking plane crash sequence that I have ever seen. Like some of the most I don't even want to say gory because it's not overly gory. Like I could tell there's a lot a lot of respect put into this movie, um, which is clear because the families. Of the victims and some of the victims were involved. One of the actors, he actually plays, um, he actually plays his father who was in the crash, which God, that broke me. Oh, I think was the movie Alive, I think, with Ethan Hawke. Yep. Um, yes. That's thank you to our to our editor who just messaged me that. Um uh, yeah, it's it's just oh, very claustrophobic scenes. There's an avalanche scene that I, had me gasping. I just wasn't expecting to see some of the the visuals that I saw. Again, nothing overly like grotesque or gory. It's just the harshness of nature and like especially this very inhabitable 
place in the Andes Mountains in the snow where there there there's literally nowhere to go. Um, I, I just I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was heartbreaking. A lot of the actors are all newcomer actors. I'm really sad the Oscars didn't have the casting category for this mm. year. They just announced that they added that because I think this movie would absolutely have won that. Um, every single person in this movie was acting their ass off, um, especially, oh, is it um, Enzo? Enzo, uh, oh, I don't know how to say his last name. Vogue. Uh, I'm just going to say Enzo. I apologize. I don't know how to say his last name, but he played the main character, Numa, who he does like, he narrates throughout the movie. Uh, he He just did an incredible job. But yeah, and there's just like, a lot of heart and love in this movie. It does not go the Lord of the Flies route, which is kind of mm. what I was expecting. I was maybe that's all, also the like Yellow Jackets influence, where I was like, oh, this, is good. <laughs> like, this is just that's what this is going to be. It is not that at all. Um, it, this team, like these people, really loved each other so much, and so it is a heartbreaking but like very touching story. And honestly, this movie should have been nominated for Best Picture, and in my opinion. After watching it, I, I couldn't believe it. I think it got two nominations. One is International Film, and I think the other is Hair and Makeup. That one, yes. I, I don't know who the other, what the other nominations in that category are off the top of my head, but I think they should win both of those. I think there's an argument for playing a bit of like Oscar game theory here that releasing anything in late december is not good for your campaign anymore things don't yeah it's been a long time since that's worked and so yeah i do wonder if netflix had released this late november or even early december uh if it had built enough momentum similar to how all quiet on the western front did for netflix yes. last year uh because yeah i've heard Everyone who's seen this, uh, I know, has said great things. I'm definitely going to have to check it out. I am not a Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom fan by any means. Uh, Me but either. I do love The Impossible, um, which is like what many people might not realize is probably the first time you ever saw Tom Holland in a movie. Um, that's a really good true life oh. uh, disaster movie about, I think, a flood somewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, yes. Yeah. Came out like several years ago now. Yes. Okay. I forgot. I saw that. And the the poster for that movie doesn't have Tom Holland on it. I, I think it's you it's Ewan McGregor. And the yes. poster did not ring a bell. I do remember Tom Holland. I do know what movie you're talking about. I forgot yeah, that was. Twenty twelve is the impossible twelve years ago. Yeah. This was better. This is I saw that movie along I probably in two thousand twelve. Um Society of Snow is very, very good. I he does a awesome. very good job of creating this like oh anticipation and terror but again i i don't know how else to explain it other than like it's done with so much care and respect for the for mm -hmm. the victims like mm -hmm. nothing is I, I think he did a very good job of what to show and what not to show especially when you're like okay how did they eat it's like okay cannibalism um it is done in a way that i have not seen really done before yeah Whew. i i don't know how it would be on a rewatch i kind of want to rewatch it just knowing everything that happens but 
yeah, I, I highly recommend this movie. This was one of the last ones on my list to watch. I think I just need to watch The Zone of Interest. Oof, really. that's another not, not fun one. Very good, but uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, both. Saving both, the heavy uh, ones for last. Nom- <laughs> yeah, both nominees in the international films. I, I usually get to that category a little bit later. Um, yeah, and I watched Anatomy of a Fall recently too. I don't think I've talked about that on this podcast. <sighs> That's a good movie. That is a very good movie. I did I give that one five stars too? Um, I can't find it. I gave it four yeah. and a half. It's close. It's it's close to a five star. Yeah, there there's some. It. I don't think it needs to be as long as it is. And yeah. I. I saw absolutely like it was a positive review, but it was a letterbox review that like did kind of echo some of my feelings about it. It it said, uh, (laughs) and, uh, Oh, it was like the HBO slogan, but in French, cause it does kind of look like an HBO movie. Mm. Um, it, you know, it doesn't have a whole lot of like panache to it. Um, but man, those performances are incredible. And that centerpiece fight, um, scene is a top five scene of last year especially when you don't see it and you just hear it oh, and it's focusing on choice. like Sandra Huller's character and her son, which also that, Oh, that boy. Um, gosh, what, Milo Milo. He should have been nominated for best supporting. Actor. I agree. The Oscars really don't pay attention to child actors. And it's a real shame because he, he was a standout in that movie, but also every single monologue by Sandra. This is, I think what I put in my, my letterbox review Every single monologue could be used for her Oscar reel because every single one was so good. And I just was like, just silent that whole film watching it with like just on the edge of my seat, wanting to know what happens. And it's very, it is a courtroom like drama. Um, You're not sure if it's an unreliable narrator. You've, kind of have to decide if you think she's guilty or not of her husband's murder. It also plays into a lot of like how France's justice system works. It's very different from the U S and maybe other countries around the world and how, like what can be admissible, what can't, um, how they talk to people on the stand. It's, it was a very surprising movie to me, but I really liked that one. So, those are those are two that I've watched recently that wow great movies from last year good Oscar year uh yeah like pretty happy with everything that was nominated uh highly recommend Anatomy yeah. of a Fall Sandra Hiller also very good in Zone of Interest um giving a much different performance um so yeah uh excited to check out Society of the Snow thank you for the recommendation of course also I watched a Cinderella story last night because. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey basically recreating the end of that movie. Yeah, you're not <laughs> in, wrong. <laughs> in real life. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of a Cinderella story. And I was like, I, you know what? I'm going to watch it. Why not? Great movie. <laughs> well, we're full Bring circle. Hillary we're back Duff to back. our beloved Chiefs. <laughs> we are back to our Chiefs. And on that note, I think we will... <laughs> We will end this week's episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening once again. Uh, You can find Sam and I on social medias where they're linked down in the descriptions. You can follow the podcast at Real Time Strats on on all social media. We will be launching on TikTok this week, probably tomorrow. Um, We'll start posting. We've got short clips on there. They're also posted on YouTube shorts. Uh, You can email us at podcast at triplepointpr.com. And, you know, God, I hate this, but you know what? Don't forget to like and subscribe. It 
It means yeah. a lot. Comment down below uh, what your favorite Super Bowl commercial was this year. Um, and yeah, what I guess what you're expecting from Xbox and tomorrow's podcast and the future. If you disagree with us, let me know. I'll read it. I won't agree with you, <laughs> but I'll read it. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again, Sam. And until next week. Bye. Bye.